Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shoes and Biscuit podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley and uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, today I'm sat with uh, somebody I met at Daily Brews. Do you remember I mentioned we went to the fondue evening at Daily Brews and um, I went over. I was like, oh yeah, how's it going? You're right. And this, this lady was looking at me like I was a weirdo. I was like, no, I'm Alex from the Shoes and Biscuit. And she was like, oh, that's you. You're the one that does that. <laughs> and um, I, I, I like to speak to people who can do things that others can't mm-hmm. and so today camilla from architect ventures mm-hmm. um you're going to talk to me about the life of the art an architect yeah absolutely yeah because i feel am i right in saying this is something that's um completely misconstrued as a profession people i mean i think what we need to do <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry to, to yeah it's to, what is an architect because maybe there are people that genuinely don't know yeah you? no well it's something that people ask me all the time um people know roughly what architects do but it tends to be based on a kind of a historical idea of somebody sitting at a drawing board and in a black suit and you know ink and pencils um and whilst drawing and and creative thought are kind of underpin the whole profession it's very different now so um we basically provide a holistic service that takes a creative idea and manifests it into a real life building so uh since we've been talking about putting this uh interview together i was i've been looking at your your instagram it's fantastic because you do explain an awful lot about what so. goes into you do you very i like i like i saw the video this this morning about uh you were trying to do a video and you kept getting it wrong and wrong and wrong, yes. wrong. i love that yeah, so that much that's so me that's yeah. so me yeah. um this i've taken a different approach because i listened to uh, back to a lot of my audio from drawn i was just explaining to you mm. that you know we did this art fair and i was grabbing people off the floor and i was just improving the the uh the interviews that's going on which is absolutely fine for me normally this is kind of like how i do things a lot but mm-hmm. after listening back to that audio and, and, and a week ago i was definitely struggling there was a lot on my mind mm. i've taken some notes amazing i don't normally do Honest. this i really don't um but the first question i thought i would ask you is what are the eye-rolling questions that people ask you an awful lot you know you're at a party you're an architect yes. the first go-to questions yeah. that you're like oh that's sick not that one again well i guess it's very similar to being a doctor at a party and people come over and they go oh you're an architect i've got something i need to ask you and suddenly you're into quite a detailed kind of can you fix the leaning tower pizza yeah. i've got this planning <laughs> issue oh right yeah my yeah. neighbor doesn't want me to build an extension um but no no questions really eye rolling you know i specialize in residential domestic architecture so it's kind of my bag to hear those questions and kind of i guess support them in their in their quest to find the answer but i guess there must yeah. be when it comes to uh, domestic dwellings mm-hmm. uh, i guess there are a lot of people that come to you for the first time and don't yeah. actually know a lot about that so yeah. um i guess after a while it must come second nature to yes. like to calm the nerves a little yes. bit and like look this is going to be an easy process. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do for you. Yeah, it's very formulaic. So I've even over the years developed a process document, which is like the first point of contact with a client that comes on board. And you basically say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm so glad that you understand that you want to work with an architect. That's one of the biggest kind of tick boxes. You understand my role and ability to add value to your project. Here's the process document. Go and read it and kind of understand. It's like a seven stage process. It's the same for any project. So that really helps them understand what we do and why and how and in what order. <laughs> Is this something that you, you, you always wanted to do, though, as, yeah. as you're growing up? As, yeah. yeah. Um, well, kind of. So as a child, my biggest kind of hero was my grandfather, who was a doctor in the army, um, very well respected, 
well kind of uh, honoured, recognised, um, mentioned in dispatches. So as a young teenager, I wanted to be a medical officer in the army. So a very different career now. Um, but I have a very creative side and an art teacher said to me, you're a draftsman. Why don't you consider architecture? And it opened up this kind of whole world, this whole kind of career that I had no idea about. And suddenly I realised I could be paid and go to work every day doing something that really lit the fire of kind of passion inside me. So, yeah. Especially in the town of Shrewsbury as well. Mm. That's full of so much amazing architecture. Beautiful architecture, yeah. yeah. Some not so good. (laughs) (laughs) My parents kind of did it by um, taking us on uh, car tours of Europe. So my mum would take us to every church she could find um, in Florence, Pisa, across Italy, France, Germany. And that kind of um, exposure to architecture in that way really inspired me. Yeah, I remember... um, we went to Venice a few years ago and uh, I, this is going to sound really, really like daft, like, <laughs> but I just played a video game called Assassin's Creed. And yes, I know it. Yeah. yeah and, and, and there was, there, there was, Venice was in it. Yeah. And beautiful. you can, you can climb up the towers and stuff. I was thinking, oh yeah, it's, I've been there before in a video game before. But then you find yourself yeah. there yeah. looking up at the huge, these huge cathedrals and these huge buildings and it just takes your breath away. I love architecture. Yeah. And I love going around Shrewsbury and, um, you know, when I was growing up, it was like a place like Dorley or when I was yeah. in Wrexham, we just look up and, and find... It's looking up that people forget to do. Yeah. You know, we get so used to seeing everything at our eye heights. And when you do take a minute to look up, there's so much to see. Um, and it's how architecture makes you feel. One of my favourite places locally is Ludlow. Because you turn oh. up, I feel like you're in a stage set. You know, that wonderful Georgian architecture. And it makes you stand differently, talk differently, feel differently. It it feels like a, an experience in itself. So I get that a lot. Yeah. I, I just, we, I've done a lot of work at St. Mary's, mm. you know, because it's a great community so, hub. Yeah. And when I walk in there, I do feel mm. kind of like, yeah, I get stand that. a bit taller. Yeah. Put your back straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Respect where you are, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that was one of those one of the questions I was going to ask you is is there a particular building or you know, a range of buildings that you look at and you it kind of inspires you a little bit? Yeah, I have a real leaning towards kind of Georgian, uh, late Victorian architecture. Um I have experience with conservation architecture, but my absolute passion is like the juxtaposition between a modern and extension and an old piece of architecture and getting them to work in harmony with one another. Like what they were doing at the Seven Theatre at the moment. Yeah. They've kind of half no. knocked down one of those buildings and they're kind it's of... not talking about Seven Theatre. <laughs> I'm joking. Really? I'm joking. <laughs> it's um, a very, uh, an amazing community um, building. Um, yeah, I would have maybe done it a bit differently. Oh, you're talking about the Seven Theatre itself? Yes. Oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's that kind of juxtaposition of, of modern and, and historic. It's something that gets brought up in Shrewsbury an awful lot, mm. and especially with the uh, the talk of this, this travel arch that's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you put a modern building in it, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's got, like, we are moving forward, you know, and things, new new ideas, new new types of architecture, new buildings are going to creep in place. But yeah, yeah. I think in Shrewsbury, you've got to be, you've got to be subtle about it. You? you have to be sympathetic to what's there and respectful of what's there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can't stifle um, change and progress, um, but it needs to be done in a way that kind of respects the history of the place as well. So it's a delicate art, definitely. And I guess as an architect, something like Rowley's Mansion, I guess must be like the piastre de resistance for you because it's three different types of architect in one building. Incredible. Architecture, sorry. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a a tricky job um, to get that balance right. But yeah, 
Um, do you, uh, is there like a panel of, you know, when it comes to like things like this travel lodge coming in or the new building or something, is there like a panel of people that will um, sort of sit and, and decide whether these things go ahead or Absolutely, not? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, the town council's trying mm-hmm. to uh, create that balance between you know, new developments and existing buildings. It's it's a very difficult job. Do you get involved with stuff like that? Not at the moment. No. I hope to at some point, but no, it's I, I'm i specialist in residential architecture. Yeah, of course, yeah. So it's a diff- completely different art. Um, but no, not at the moment. Um, and I was, I was look. I was thinking. I think about because you were. T- it was one of your Instagram uh, posts where you're talking about. Um, you go from the, the the what appears as a text. Yes. To completion, right? Yes. And then you, afterwards, yeah. you must live the one of the most satisfying lives. Oh, of- absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you imagine yeah. just like see this thing finish. Yeah, and it and it's funny because um, I remember someone saying to me, um, "I did a complete renovation of a house I lived in, and it was literally derelict and has become an award winning." Uh, family home and she said to me my gosh what foresight you've had and it's funny because the minute you develop an idea in your mind about what a a building is going to be you live it you've you can I can walk around in it in my brain you know I can Mm. see the spaces I know exactly where we're going so I've already lived the end result time and time again before it's built um, so the longest game of chess exactly <laughs> I love chess <laughs> but yeah the longest game of chess there ever was so you kind of you're looking at something and then you can overlay the inspiration and where it's going to go during the process so yeah it's satisfying but also not a surprise for the architect whereas everyone else kind of sees it developing and it, it's a bit of a surprise I think it it, you know with, uh, with with the modern age, we get the uh, the whole montage in a movie, you know, or, you know, mm. you watch the makeover show and you get <laughs> before and after. Quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for you and the, and the client and your clients, it's, you know, a year or two yeah. in the planning. Yeah, it can take a long time, you know, depending on the scale of the project or, or the intric- intricacy yeah. of the brief that you're trying to, de- to develop. It can take years, yeah. But um, I now work with a lot of CGI um so computer generated i was going to ask you about technology yeah processes and it's been an absolute game changer for me and for my clients so very quickly develop plans into cgis and you can literally walk around in the like the headset thing you know make my home home perfect Ah. because there's 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 a lot of talk about you know um we were at uh, the the food festival Mm. and we were talking about um farming mm-hmm. weirdly mm-hmm. how technology is helping farming mm. drones and vr goggles yeah. and all these kind of yeah. things it's crazy how these kind of new technologies are coming in and just changing the way does yeah. it make does it make the workflow quicker absolutely so you're a lot of domestic residential clients uh, aren't used to reading plans you know they're non-professional um clients so you take away any of the uh, ambiguity from those drawings and say right this is what it's going to look like experience it now so you go from you know, a black and white drawing on the table to an animated 3D um, model that they can walk around in and, and make design decisions. Like the most realistic video game you've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly like that. Exactly like that. That's wonderful. It's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, they can make a lot more design decisions so that when it comes to actually building, all of the decisions have been made. So it's quicker, it's cheaper. And they get to enjoy what it's going to be like before it's even built. They can live it in their brains. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. I can't imagine what that's like, actually. I'll have to show you. It, it, it you must need be... to look on the, on the reels. But I mean, like, <laughs> I will, yeah. But like, when it's your thing, yeah. your house, mm. like that, that emotion that's bonded to that. There's a lot of emotion that comes with it, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, because it's a very emotive process. I got a friend, I was mentioning, on, I'm going to have to bring him on the Shoes for Biscuit one day just to say hello, really. But um, I mentioned Eric Flug and my good friend a lot. He's one of my mentors. He's a, an amazing artist. And he can do, he'll look at blueprints and do like a draw rendering. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, he's, and I, I was going to ask you, like, can you look at a blue, blue blueprint and, and know what that looks like? Yeah. Yeah. So instantly. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Wow. I'm kind of, I've, I've been doing this for kind of 15, 16 years, maybe a bit longer. I'm 40 now, so I need to work that out. But 10 years by myself. And I've noticed in the last five years that I can look at something and see it in 3D. Yeah. It's something that you just learn over time. That's wonderful. I, I guess it's, I'm not comparing myself <laughs> and what I do compared to an architect. Absolutely in no way, shape or form. But I guess the only way that I can relate is I can look at audio and can tell what Erm looks like. Yeah, perfect. You know, yeah. <laughs> or laugh. I yeah. know what my laugh looks like by Amazing. looking at a wave, an audio wave. Yeah. Um, especially my business cards. I haven't got one now, but it's, um, I always end up my, 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 um, my podcast with peace out. <laughs> and at the back, then my business card, it says peace out and audio yeah. wave. It's quite cool. Um, problem solving is, is an issue for, it's not everyone can problem solve. No. Never mind problem solving when you're 15 steps behind <laughs> <laughs> yes. what the thing actually looks like. Yeah. And there are certain issues, like, I guess you must have to look at space and storage and, and ethics as too. Yeah, too absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's a multifaceted, um, strategic, analytical job, really. So, it's it's a very holistic problem solving task basically to design a building you're you're thinking about what the family needs what they can afford how things are built how long it will take how to get it and it's all layered so when you look at plans that an architect has put together they are very much a culmination of a lot of thought of all of these different layers that need to be kind of layered on top of one another yeah and um, I hope I, I know you won't mind me mentioning, but you're you're a mom as well. You've got busy, fam, busy family. Am, yeah. Um, how does that all fit in? Because it must be, you know, busy. Uh, we're a family as well, you know. Got <laughs> and we know how things can be yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. When you've got these like intricate plans and, and these uh, these plans that are costing people, you know, up to millions of pounds yeah. maybe, um, uh, and you've got all the stresses of life. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you can just crack on even on the worst days, or yes. do you need to be in the zone? Yeah. No. So I'm incredibly lucky that this is truly my passion. So oh, when wow. I sit down to work, I'm in flow, I can think, I'm creative and it actually brings me joy. So it's my it's my go-to place to relax. It's my job, but it's also how I, I feel good. So yeah, I'm incredibly lucky. It's it's an amazing feeling to have when you're doing something you enjoy mm. doing. Like mm. audio editing, video editing for me is my place. Like right? yeah. it's like it's nothing I never never thought I'd be good at, but I just enjoy. It's a bit like hoovering up um, <laughs> yeah. a load of dust, and you're yeah. like, oh, you get a satisfaction of yeah. sucking it. That, that's what my that's what it feels like editing for me. And same for you, I guess. Absolutely, yeah, I absolutely love it. I look forward to sitting down to work, and because a lot of it is in your mind, and you're kind of thinking through the process. You can read a brief in the morning before the school run and you can let it sit and kind of mull over in your mind and then when you do sit down to work the answer's already there waiting and it's just a matter of translating it into a CAD drawing or a CGI or a letter or a report so a lot of it is because I'm having to do other things those kind of downtimes away from my laptop allow me to think creatively recharge, and, yeah. and then and then come to it fresh and, and just do it 
Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you must be the most organized person in the world. <laughs> you do have to be very organized. Because yeah. I kind of thrive in chaos. Today has been a chaotic day. I mean, I've been for my, my COVID and flu, flu jab and the uh, school run flu jab. Uh, then we did some filming with Susan Shirok in her gym, which was fantastic. Yep. Come back here, interview you. Then I'm going to do a school run and I've got things to do. I haven't planned any of that. It just kind of flows. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with your job, you can't really ride those waves, can you? No, You've got and, to... and again, organisation, having a plan, I guess it's part of me. It's all part of it, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's how I organise my life. But all of those skill sets are what I need as an architect. So I always think that being an architect is kind of in your soul. It's kind of part of my personality. It's not just my job. So it helps me kind of merge it all together. <laughs> so you've been doing this 10 years for, by yourself yeah. now. Um, yeah. Beforehand, were you working for a big company or, or yeah. what was that? Yeah, like? so um, I worked in Chester, Manchester. Um, I used to work with a, an amazing company called Lovelock Mitchell in Chester. Um, and uh, we used to go over to Gibraltar and work with the government of Gibraltar on big housing schemes. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of exposure to a lot of different kinds of projects, commercial and, and non-commercial. So, yeah. And uh, to step out on your own and do this, was yeah. that a huge leap of faith? Was it just something easy that you just sort of... It was easy. It was really easy. Really? It's something I've always wanted <clears throat> to do. A lot of architects are freelance, so it's not that unusual. Oh, okay. Um, I had the support of my ex-husband to do it. Um, and when I had the first of my four children, that was the right time to do it, to kind of step away and say, right, this is my chance to grow my family and grow my business at the same time. Oh, lovely. That's lovely. what I did. Um, um, and what's the, um, what's the, <laughs> I know we kind of asked a similar question to this at the beginning, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but like the, the common, common misconceptions of architecture, like we were talking at the beginning that they're probably listening, people listen to this, mm. might listen to this just to get a grasp on what an architect actually does. Yeah. But what are the misconceptions that, that you hear an awful lot? Misconceptions tend to be based on a historic kind of idea of what an architect is, that they're going to turn up to your house in a black suit and, uh, you know, straight glasses and a, 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 a skin note, <laughs> notepad, and they're going to tell you exactly what you're going to have, and they're going to override your kind of own wants and needs and reduce something and say, right, this must be built. So there's that kind of historic arrogance that comes with an architect. And whilst we have to be quite forthright, we have to be prepared to sell you the idea, it's very much a collaborative process these days. So the misconception is you're going to be sold this idea and you're not going to have control. And actually now it's hugely collaborative. So you sit and listen to the client. Yeah. They tell you what you want and yeah. you try and make that happen in the best way possible. Yeah, so that's the process of building a brief. And actually it's the bit that I attach the most significance to and the whole process is building that brief and really interrog interrogating what do you need why do you want it what what problems is it going to solve for you you know what's your lifestyle specifically what is it that you need from this and how can we do it creatively how can we keep the cost down how can we make it feel like your home not living in something that I might like but what they want and need so yeah it's the most important part of the process really um, I guess a lot of ethics come into it as well, especially with the environment at the moment, yes. materials yeah. to use that can be yeah. zero, um, you know, carbon efficient. Exactly. And actually my approach to that is that I'm developing a niche of zero build architecture, which sounds kind of counterintuitive. Ooh, what's that? I'm zero not going to build anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> a good friend of mine said, zero build architecture. Does that mean you build nothing? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's an Ikea, Ikea exactly. flat pack. <laughs> I'm going to sell you nothing. 
No, so the approach is that at all costs, you break ground as an absolute last resort. So it's looking at people's homes, the spaces that they've already got and reconfiguring and um, moving walls, making rooms take different uses to actually fix the problems that they're having without having to build at all. Okay. So it's a zero new build solution. So it's like... um like homes under the hammer when they come exactly. in and they take this old house and they take yeah. something nice and flash and new. Yeah, because actually a lot of us are very lucky, especially in an older house, you have a lot more floor space than you actually need. And my analogy is that if you can live on a canal boat that's beautifully designed, you can live in a, a 1930s semi done very well without needing an extension really at all. So it's all about clever storage solutions and use of space and making it really what you want rather than what someone else might need. I keep thinking about... Um, studios yeah. i want a studio I really yeah. want. we used to have a studio in the parade i mean they used to let us use the empty units and stuff yeah. i love the parade thank you so much for, for what you guys did for us you know if you're hearing this um but they run out of empty units the place is so popular now mm. uh, maybe because of the biscuit i don't know <laughs> maybe can we take credit credit for that but like I, we were in uh, notting hill a few weeks ago and they've got these amazing the, the, their um uh these the storage unit things uh, yeah. the shipping containers yeah but they've got glass sides they've kind of fashioned them a bit i was thinking i just drop one of them on town square yeah, right perfect. and that's it the biscuit studios is alive um, because like you said a small space can be made so functionable yeah. i actually prefer a smaller house in some respects because if it's done well it feels great to live in because everything's where it needs to be more space does not mean a better home by any means it's it's about how well it's put together how cleverly it's done yeah how savvy you are with the space you've got really me and my wife are playing this tug of war uh, we've been in this place uh two years two years christmas right and i i'd have like i was like right uh calax everything <laughs> <laughs> if you know your ikea you've <laughs> no. you calax uh, the, storage, the, the yeah. storage the storage boxes yeah. uh, and my wife was like no you can't have calaxes everywhere i was like i need my storage and she's like if you have storage you fill it with with clutter yes like, yeah uh, she hates clutter risk. yeah so I'm, I'm like but i want to put stuff in drawers i think that's the guy in me the bloke in me shove stuff in well apparently uh i learned the other day that uh storage and the way you do it is linked to your personality okay so if you are a visual organizer it means that you have stuff out everywhere because you need to see your things oh. and if you're someone that kind of shoves it behind a closed door you have more of a visual memory of where things are Ah, that is true that is true because i'll be like i'll be like uh, i need a vga lead for my computer ah this is in the third drawer down i know where it is you know yeah really good memory for it microphone cables i know they're in my in my cases and stuff yeah okay yeah it's, I'm, I'm, you know but uh, it's it's one of those things isn't it sometimes it's it's about collaboration you can't sit there and say we're doing it this this way this way you've got to communicate and have these conversations absolutely. haven't you communication is king absolutely um and developing that brief is all about learning about your client it's a very emotive process sometimes it can throw things up to do with differences in a couple how one wants to live and how the other wants to live um you have to talk about finances you have to talk about program Sometimes it's multi-generational living and you're designing by, you know, um, commu uh, uh, ooh, communal, communal yeah. yeah, exactly, by committee. Um, and it's managing your clients so that they feel comfortable enough to really discuss what it is that they want. Oh, okay. So then you, yeah. It's very easy to... That's therapeutic, it isn't is, it? It is actually quite therapeutic. Um, let's, well, let's talk for a... a bit of a coach, actually. Yeah, I'm going to get my wife in in a minute, but like, well, let's talk about Calax, babe. <laughs> <laughs> right, get the catalogue, we'll sort 
Um, I, I guess over the years you, you must have had, I'm not going to say difficult clients because that's probably a horrible thing to say, but uh, clients that want things very much a specific yeah, way absolutely. and cutting it against the grain yeah. about what, what you can actually do in that mm-hmm, space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of the process. You know, any service provider is going to come across clients that that want a way of working that isn't going to work for me. Um, and it's all about managing expectations. Um, and the more work I do, um, I'm very lucky that I can pick and choose projects now a little bit more. But I'm very sure to do um, a free consultation. I never ask people to pay to meet me, to talk about their projects and really understand what they need because the chemistry has to be right. And if the chemistry's there, the project will be brilliant. If the chemistry's not yeah. there, or there's, you know, a little bit of kind of trauma from working with other professionals in the industry and it's kind of clouding the judgment as to how this process will go, then it's I think it's always the service provider's uh, prerogative and duty really to say, this isn't gonna work, but good luck and perhaps try, you know, this other architect or this designer, perhaps that chemistry will be better there. So it's mm. managing expectations in chemistry, really. Have you thought of advertising on the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast? It's a great way to organically tell people about your business. Our listener base is growing all the time. At the moment, we are averaging around 1,500 downloads a month, which is a great number. We have a great mix in demographic, and most of our listeners are in and around Shropshire. We are a community interest company, so any money that we make goes straight back into the show. We want to help local independent businesses so we don't charge an awful lot. If you would like to advertise on my show, please get in contact with me. My email is shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Advertise on the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast and be heard. Wonderful. And you, you, that brief that you make together, and mm. um, what happens then? Do you do you then take that and then work yeah. your plan that into your plan? That's and- a mission statement. So the brief is the mission statement for the whole project, and it's kind of what you keep referring back to whilst you're developing plans to make sure that you're on track and that you're fulfilling those needs. Um, so yeah, you just start. You start with a survey, and then you take the drawings and you kind of take that narrative that you've made and turn it into a plan. So it's converting an idea into something physical. Like yeah. The true version of manifestation, I guess. It's like that is the that is the blueprint. Yeah. It is that is what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 And it's that that mission statement is your guide, your kind of uh, bedrock of the whole project. And then do you have to oversee? Obviously, that's then for them to go find the right mm. builders to come in and do the job. Yeah. Um, but do you like to see oversee Absolutely. the building process to make sure your plans are coming together? Yeah. So- <laughs> We, as an architect, you can go from concept all the way through to completion. And I like to say that, you know, my favourite jobs are the ones I get to see right from the beginning all the way to the end and have the champagne and the photo shoot at the end. So, um, yeah, I do construction support. I can act as a representative on site and make sure that what we've designed is actually is actually delivered. It's a really exciting process. Um as 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 a woman, <laughs> what is uh, what is uh, what is architecture like as an industry? Is is it something that's very inclusive? Is it a, a very welcoming industry? Uh, I'm thinking about you know if there's a, a young lady listening to this now, yeah. maybe wants to step into your, into your yeah. field. Yeah, um, in, it- in my experience, yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone will have stories as a female in a, a male orientated um, industry that you know the scare stories. 
but actually I've been very lucky that they're very few and far between. Um, I was incredibly lucky that when I was brought up, um, my mother, you know, being a very matriarchal family, um, she said to me, darling, you can go to university, but you come out with a profession and ideally one that you can do by yourself. So I had a very strong, what I didn't know was feminist kind of upbringing. Um, and I think it made me feel that I was going into it um, and there was no pressure, but I expected myself to succeed in any environment. I didn't expect to, you know, worry about um, misogyny or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so it meant that I could kind of crack on and, and not have those fears. And if I did come across it, I would kind of laugh it off almost and say, well, that's your opinion, but I'm going to do this and, and be quite driven. It's about good that you got that experience. Yeah. Your belt now, so if someone's yeah. like, no, darling, darling, what you need to do yeah. is, right, that's the wrong kind of brick, yeah. so don't use that. Yeah. And you could be like, well, you know, I've done this for so long. And, yeah. it, and again, part of my job is client management, client expectation, and it's only the same process as developing a relationship with a construction team that might be biased. Um, but it's up to me to develop those relationships and for them to feel comfortable with me and vice versa. I'm going to take photos now, by the way. I always have to explain <laughs> this because I always be like, what's he doing getting a camera? But I, I like to take photos as we're chatting. So if you see me doing this, yeah, that's what it is. And, you know, with, with, with that, you know, have you, have you seen people come through? Have you, young, young girls, young guys, have you seen people come through as architects? Yeah. That are now there doing it today? Yeah. yeah, really exciting. So when I trained, I was only one of three girls that ended up graduating in a team of about 30, a year of 30. So we were very much in the minority. Um, but now I work closely with um, a girl called Holly, who's a very promising architect, interiors architect. Um, and it's really exciting to see more more females in the industry. It really is a brilliant job for, for women to do. So... Um, I think it's, a, it's it's fascinating speaking to you because like, I, 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 you know, I'm aware... I'm lucky enough I know Eric so I know that he's not an architect but he can take the blueprints yes. and design. so I guess there is a specific role for that um, yeah. but like I've, I've always been on the sort of on, on the cusp of understanding what this <laughs> is so yeah. I'm glad that we've got to speak to you today and, and find out the the sort of the, the true facts and what it is that you do and when it, when it comes to projects and things can you only tackle one at a time or can you can work no, on a couple no, loads no. of different things at the yeah, same time so I've got 25 projects on my books at the moment wow. all in various stages um, because of the nature of the work, they go through times of uh, design and then feedback. So uh, peaks and troughs of kind of the time that you need to spend on them. So it means that you can interlace different projects at the same time, which is quite nice. And also, if you come across a problem in one project and you t need time to mull it over, working on a different project sometimes triggers an idea. Uh, yeah. So you can... Yeah, I'm one of these. I think maybe in my quite calmest moments, I come up with like these ideas. I, I'll, I'll be just <laughs> dropping off to sleep, and I'm like, "Oh my god, need to do this!" And I'll get down and I'll write it down, and I make sure oh, I'll, oh, I'll definitely like need to get that down so that yeah. because uh, otherwise it's. <laughs> I totally relate to that. I have to have a notepad by my bed because those times when you're kind of relaxing is when your subconscious does all the work for you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the most complex projects get solved. You know, whilst but, drifting off to sleep. <laughs> Whilst I was planning for for plan A, uh, potted, um, I I needed a, a suitcase, an extra suitcase for my old mixer, just in case. Mm. Glad I took it by the way, because that's how we got Moose singing uh, with on the show. Um, but uh, I I, <laughs> I took this old suitcase from my, my closet. It's full of my old notebooks. And my, my wife's like clutter, and I'm like, no, my brain. that's my. Br <laughs> 
thank you. The slices of my brain, that is. That's, that's, that's uh, you know, um, all the ideas that come from everything I've ever done are in those. I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for uh, on the computer. I have folders inside of folders inside of folders inside of folders. Inside of folders. Oh, like, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I've got to have, um, I can't just have, uh, so I've got an idea. Say, say pod aid. Then I'll have like logos. Then I'll have videos. Then inside that videos, I'll have the photos and that go do, with the videos. You say you're not organised. I think that's very organised. I think I think I'm insane. <laughs> you should see. I've got you're very creative, which is good. It's I've got a, I've got a, a sort of compartmentalised. Compartmentalised. Yeah. yeah, one yeah. of my favourite words because <laughs> it explains so much. Yeah, it does. So when people say you're a busy mum, you're like, yeah, but I compartmentalise my life. Yeah. So I don't feel busy. Everything has to go in its slot. Exactly. Um, what's the biggest challenges for you uh, with, with your job? Because obviously, uh, when people spend so much money mm. with an idea that's that's going to be their problem you know, for, for for decades, you know, as far yeah. as the building's concerned. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that that you that you worry about? Is there anything that you know, if any uh, mistakes that you've made in the past? Or what what is the challenging thing? Well, people always make mistakes, but I I learn from them and yeah. I'm grateful for those mistakes because I think it makes you more successful. Yeah. as you go forward i don't you know they say that success can't be born out of perfect i make mistakes every day yeah. so, <laughs> constant <laughs> i'm grateful for the mistakes because it 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 tightens up the processes that you're working to makes you think differently approach it differently next time so it's always a good so thing the notes are taking notes today because draw on i was i was a bit of a mess like <laughs> i loved it i loved speaking to you guys at draw on if you're listening to this you know speaking to artists from all across shropshire but um, I was I was just a mess. I was just all over the place. So those interviews, I've critiqued so much because yeah. I am my worst critic. But you learn so much from failure, much yeah. more than from success. So yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to Shrewsbury, yes, <laughs> there are so many uh, bits of architecture are completely polarizing. Mm. You know, you have got people up. You know, the the, the Darwin, um, the, the the DNA. Um, yes. Thing. Sculpture. Uh, the sculpture. Yeah. Uh, the sh- Shy Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's so many. I'd love to have a go at that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll get, yeah, I'd love to. Would you knock it down or like jazz I it up? I'd do a massive renovation on it. Yeah. Yeah, huge renovation on it. I'd get rid of the cladding for sure. Like yeah. the... <laughs> no, I've, I've daydreamed about that quite a lot. <laughs> but the round, that round bit? I, think front, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. It looks like a. Huge potential. A rocket launch pad. That's what it, it reminds does. me of. A silo. <laughs> A Cold War silo. Yes! Let's do- <laughs> everyone wants <laughs> but I think it's really unique I really do because like I'm, I'm one of these that, yeah, I'm one of these that sounds like that's a proper boomer thing to say. I'm, one, I'm one of these right but no when it comes to architecture I feel like you do need to look after um, architecture from all different kinds of decades yeah, you know um, maybe not so much the 70s I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be bits and bobs that are controversial, but they stimulate conversation. And ultimately, that's a good thing. Ah, that's a really you good know, point. That's um, a very positive way of looking at <laughs> something that's usually looked at skeptically. <laughs> no, well, I, yeah, I, I think that there's always a place for different types of architecture and design, and it appeals to some people and others not so much. Um, but variety is spice of life after all, and it, and it stimulates conversation, which is the fun bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I love I love the uh, the things that you've seen in town like the cost cost of coffee. Yeah. You know they've got like what is it a modern uh, you know coffee chain in way, a Tudor I, building in a Tudor building fantastic. And then there's yeah. the uh, the peach tree. Yeah, they've Beautiful. got like the uh, the wattling door behind the glass yeah. the glass or yeah. the, the perspex. Wonderful, one absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and having that kind of eclectic mix is what makes it a wonderful place to live. 
that's why it's such a, a joyful place to live love it love it love it love it is there, is there anything that you've worked on that you're super super proud of is there like your your finest thing that people can see um, you're responsible for okay yeah my most proud kind of project was the renovation of my own home so we won uh best interiors for home building renovation magazine 2021 so very very excited about that it was an incredible thing to showcase my work through my home like develop that's your calling card yeah if you want to see what i'm good at yeah come around for a cup exactly of tea. <laughs> so i felt really really proud of that to not only have made an amazing home out of a derelict property um that was being sold as a demolition plot and we saved it wow to that's you know provide a family home for my children and hope inspire them you know, look what mummy did. It's a great metaphor great. for life, that is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you derelict and... <laughs> yeah, there's and you, always hope. There's always hope. Uh, to, <laughs> don't give up, folks. One of the, nothing, what, nothing that good makeover can't solve. <laughs> one of the things I always hear is uh, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't famous until he was 42 years old, you know? I'm like, there's always time. There's always time. time. <laughs> um, is there any building um, in Shrewsbury that you'd... I mean, we mentioned Shire Hall, but mm. seriously, is there anything that you'd love to just work on and do you think like there's an area of town that needs a, a bit of a bit of a lick of paint or something you know that you yeah i think so um definitely the theater i'd love to have a go at that i think they've made a good attempt and start and i like the juxtaposition between the modern and the old but i would definitely do something with that cladding i think that it needs a little bit of a, a look at and i would love to get my hands on that um but actually it's the kind of little areas around shrewsbury so um do you know when well i don't know i've driven through it but yeah. i need to do some more work with when yeah i need I, to get I out there through it a lot and it just strikes me as one of those places that has so much history as a market town mm-hmm. The individual buildings, the architecture of it is stunning, but it's just being eroded and lost over time. Um, and it's places like that that I would love to have the ability to get my hands on and kind of and make good again. You need to look after those that, that heritage. Yeah. I remember we went to, to Greece not long ago and mm. um, we were driving around Kos and the, there's nothing. There's nothing left. There's like, <laughs> I was, I was shops, 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 more shops. There's shops over there, yeah. shops, shops, shops. And, and there's like a tiny little bit where there's a little bit of ruin. Mm. And this is ancient Greece we're talking about now. Do you know what I mean? And you're kind of like, oh, wow, why? Yeah. You know, why would you not cut that? Yeah. It just gets lost over time and it's such a shame. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I'd love for them to do something with that at the old, the old theatre. Yes. By, uh, just down from Shrewsbury Copy House, I think it's, it's a bingo hall now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The old theatre. it's such an iconic position in the town. Mm. Um, yeah. It needs some, it needs kind of zhuzhing. <laughs> i remember i spoke to uh there's there's architects by by the parade mm-hmm. um they 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 renovated the market the old market hall mm. and uh, i got invited to have a look and i sat there chatting the the guy's computer and he was showing me how the renovations and how they they, they saved the market hall yeah. and i never actually worked with them before and i was so fascinated by what they were doing i don't know what's happened there we, we need to definitely because i think there's so much yeah. we can talk about yeah there's categories of categories of categories Absolutely. when it comes to architecture yeah it's yeah. a huge subject yeah Maybe we should do part two. <laughs> we should do a part two and we should, uh, do you speak to other architects? Do you guys, is there a community of you guys or yeah. is it kind of like, no, it's my territory, yeah, get off no, my... Definitely. And there's definitely an understanding that if you have projects that come in, I like to outsource them to other people. Um, okay. So that kind of, if, if a client comes to me and it's something that's not my specialism, I will definitely put them in touch with someone that I think is. Um, I think it's a really good thing to kind of to do that and, and keep a network going and support other people on Instagram and socials and that kind of thing. We'll leave it to the listeners. The listeners, if you would like part two of this, and we get another architect 
in as well yeah. and we can have a round table discussion fantastic um get in touch let us know if that's what you want to hear uh, but we'll do it anyway even if you don't want to hear it so there but <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of working on a project actually like that at the moment really yeah so um i'm starting a home improvement and renovation workshop uh for homeowners who are renovating or thinking about renovating um on the uh, tuesday the 1st of november at sala pleasure the first session and it's getting industry professionals to come and kind of do a 10 minute pitch um educate the homeowners that come along about one aspect of renovation and then make those contacts so you can meet a builder you can meet a planning specialist you can meet a representative of the council you can meet an interior designer and kind of input it into the project that you're doing Mm -hmm. and then network with other homeowners that are former supportive kind of situations so you can all discuss things together that's fantastic yeah that really is about it you're the yeah. first to know. <laughs> Exclusive on the biscuit, baby. Exclusive. Um, <laughs> so that's first of November. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe we can come and bring a camera. I'd love that. I'd love that. Solid pleasure. It's just there. Yeah. It's just literally yeah. just, just realise that, you know, a lot of my clients have the same questions and they could do with networking with other individuals in the same situations. And actually, I've got the power to bring the specialist to them rather than having to, for them to look for them themselves. And just creating an environment where they can discuss projects and get that help. Sometimes it's good to have uh, familiarity with mm. people that are going through the same situation as you. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether you're having a baby, you go, yeah. you go to the antenatal classes yeah. or you're, you're a podcaster. I mean, we went to the Orbit, <laughs> did a talk at the Orbit. Um, I didn't think anybody was going to turn up and the place <laughs> filled up. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what was worse, it being empty or it being full. <laughs> uh, but you could just sit and talk to people about, yeah, nice natural networking it's like organic isn't it well i was inspired by my business coach alex mccarthy um i love alex she's just we're gonna get her on the biscuit we're chatting we're negotiating she's amazing um and she started the shropshire women in business meetups every other monday morning um and it is a game changer when you sit to people that are going through similar things in the same room they mentor each other and the support that's created is incredible it pushes everybody on pushes everyone forward i feel like there's a certain feeling or a certain motivation that that's where good ideas come from yes absolutely sitting people around a table a very powerful environment definitely i always remember uh, looking at you know oh, it was a documentary it was, it was about the um, uh, black adder and those comedy <laughs> writing rooms you know those yeah. some of the most amazing writers and actors yeah. and performers in a room mm-hmm. rowan atkinson Stephen fry and some Magic of the monty <laughs> Yeah. I'd just love to be a fly on the wall in, in Especially situations. Especially at Blackadder writing. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? It'd be brilliant. I'd like to see them develop the Bob scene. <laughs> very attractive Bob. <laughs> Hugh Laurie. I mean, Hugh Laurie is very silently just this amazing just sniper of film and TV because he's just... I, I, just to, I love him. House yeah. is just amazing. I love that show. Sorry. Worcester. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Um Thank you so much for, for coming to talk to me today. Thank this you. has gone really well. I, I barely even looked at my notes. Um, I've loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, is there anything I've missed? Um, oh, yeah, the pandemic. I forgot about the pandemic. Did that, did that cause any issues for you? Or were you well, just like- I was homeschooling four children over three different <laughs> key stages and working. <laughs> How do you do it? How do you juggle all this? Yeah, I think I'm quite hyperactive. <laughs> but um, it was something... I yeah wouldn't really want to repeat again it was incredibly hard it gave me huge respect for teachers yes um, we feel that too especially primary school age the amount of kind of cajoling and 
uh, reassurance they have to give. It, no, sit back yeah. down. <laughs> and the repetitive nature of teaching very young children. So I was very glad to get back to my job full time. But uh, again, a special time to have with your kids. Yeah, we were talking about, I mean, it's very, I'm very vocal about our situation when we were kind of living with my mother-in-law's during, mm. the, during the pandemic in that, that one bedroom apartment, which I, it was an absolute lifeline for us because it wasn't for that, it would have been a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a half a million pounds to just go and buy a house somewhere else instead. Mm. So, you know, uh, but like looking back and those, those times, it was actually a nice time. It's like being in a cocoon together, Absolutely. you know, yeah, yeah. and now we're out in the big bad world. It's kind of a scary place. Yes. <laughs> can be sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no thank you so much for, for chatting to me today is there anything uh, where can people follow you because um, I know you've got a good presence on Instagram yeah so Instagram is a live portfolio it's where all the reels happen um, I can take messages on there there's a link tree link to book in for discovery calls I always make sure you can have an hour's discovery call and, and meet up and discuss projects um, I run several events via Facebook and Instagram for Coffee with an Architect uh, which is your chance to come and discuss your project with me without any kind of pressure to work with me um, and other events really going on. So Facebook and Instagram, best best ways to getting in touch, definitely, yeah. Wonderful. Definitely follow follow Camilla on, on, on Instagram because I, I, we were talking just before we record. I love your Instagram. It's so, <laughs> it's so, so natural. That's the thing about it. I feel like sometimes, uh, the, who else does it as well? Um, Andy Dawson does a great job with the, the should be property page as well because it's, it's just natural, you know? Yeah, I think it needs to be less standoffish. It needs to be a much gentler approach now with architecture, especially residential architecture. Um, people are working with me directly, so I want to show up and be me on on Instagram with all my crazy so yeah uh, positive energy I gotta say I live in an upstairs apartment and I buzzed uh, uh, Camilla in and she can bound it upstairs <laughs> that, that's a good positive energy to feed off that's fantastic yeah. so well thank you again for chatting to me and guys uh, thank you so much for, for listening uh, to the, the Shrewsbury Biscuit uh, I'm really proud of where the show is going at the moment it's growing and growing and growing and I gotta thank you guys the listeners for it um, it's really nice when people come up to me in the street and they, they recognise me it's happening more and more and more now so thank you so much for all of your kind support and to, to everybody that supports us at the Shuzu Biscuit. And Camilla, thank you. You've been a wonderful thank you guest. Thank you very much. Catch you guys next time. Peace out.